morning and welcome to Tobin Talks. I'm your host, Tina Hove, and today we're going to be talking about hair and the impact it has on culture and race. So, to begin with, we've got Shante. Shante, did I say your, did I say your name right? Yes, yes, you did. Awesome. And then we've got Niasha. Hi, Niasha. Niasha. Hey, Tino. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, pretty excited to have this chat. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped too. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? About myself. Um, grew up in Winnipeg, born and raised. Um, I'm biracial, so my dad is uh, Jamaican mm-hmm. and my mom was German, Bulgarian, and she was a hairstylist. So I grew up in the hair salon as a child. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, growing up, it was something, you know, that I kind of took for granted until in my early 20s, I decided that um, I wanted to pursue it myself. <clears throat> and I went to school, became a hairstylist, and um, my niche, I wanted to be curly and textured hair because there was just such little representation in the city. I wanted to be someone who was knowledgeable um, enough to be able to um, educate people in the city on um, curly and textured hair, and that's what I do now. Cool. Um, and so when you say there wasn't much representation, do, do they teach you how to uh, style curly and textured hair in hair school? No. Um, they teach you a little bit about curly hair, but when it comes to black hair textures and diversity, it, there's really nothing there in the course. And actually the, um, the business owner that I work for Uh, her and I are in the course of figuring out how to create um, uh, a specific, um, you know, teaching that will educate. Yeah, exactly. Curriculum that will teach people how to do all different types of hair textures. Huh. So that's interesting. So a hair school that doesn't teach you how to do all kinds of hair. Mm -hmm. Sounds Sounds a bit sus. It's very sus. And even while I was in um, hair school, it was very clear that there was, you know, um, a lot of things missing from the basics because hair school has not changed in over 50 years. Hmm. You know, they're still doing, you know, roller sets, you're still doing perm rods, you're still doing, you know, like um, perms and all those types of chemicals. But there's really no hands-on experience, especially with curly hair and all its different types of textures. Well, that, that sounds like a systematic issue that people overlook in our education system to include people who are of um, a minority group, right? Absolutely. Um, which is... And, and I, I wonder if, you, if you've ever had any thoughts about that, about how it's just, it's such, a, it's such a small thing that people don't realize that, hey, you know, textured hair needs cutting too. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, you know, it's, it's something that I think about on a daily basis and I talk about on a daily basis because the beauty industry has always had um, a white standard, you know, so... Um, it makes sense as to why, you know, people of color aren't included in that spectrum because the standard of beauty has always been Eurocentric. So Mm -hmm. anything outside of that is, you know, 
uh, a specialty or like an added, you know, yeah. um, course or, you know, knowledge that is not on the basis of like what the foundations are, which is a problem. Yeah. Is anything being done to fix that at all? Well, not really. Otherwise, other than, you know, myself and, and my boss who are trying to like, you know, at the foundation, start a curriculum, like what that should include, what steps should we take, how long should it be, you know, what type, kind of material should we have, what kind of models should we, you know, and stuff like that. So we're, we're working on the written text and then we're going to put it into motion and then hopefully try to get it published at some point and see if it will even, you know, be somehow implemented in the current curriculum. Mm, mm, okay. And how about the, the, the craze of inclusion for uh, individuals who do not have uh, textured hair uh, wanting to, you know, also adopt black hairstyles? Um, and I'm assuming that's something that comes up with you a lot, right? Absolutely. So, you know, these types of black hairstyles have been, you know, in existence for eons right before mm -hmm. we can even think of the concept of time people mm -hmm. in africa have been you know um wearing and caring for their hair in specific ways that have evolved to what we know today as mm -hmm. black hairstyles mm -hmm. and you know the curly hair method and whatnot mm -hmm. um but yeah when it comes to um you know, non-Black folks who want to adopt these hairstyles and claim it as something, you know, sometimes like nicknaming it something of their own, like something that irks me a lot is when people call, you know, two French braids boxer braids, as if <laughs> boxers were the ones who originated this hairstyle. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, that's a whitewash version of what this style actually is. And, you know, folks who just think it's a trendy hairstyle that they can adorn anywhere and everywhere, mm -hmm. it, it, doesn't, it doesn't fit within my um, values. So mm -hmm. I don't perpetuate Black hairstyles um, on non-Black people, mm -hmm. period, from now, you know, on. Um, there was a time where I wasn't as aware um, of these types of things and you know i would just do anyone's hair who would yeah. give me their time so mm -hmm. um once i became aware and more passionate about um activism and these types of issues and why it is a problem then that's when my course changed so shante nasha just spoke about um how she feels about doing traditionally black hairstyles on non-black people do you have any thoughts about that um yes i don't agree with it in like 99 percent of situations i just if it's not of your culture I, and not of your background i don't really see why it's something that you feel the need to take upon yourself um, or cool. make it your own <laughs> i mean yeah but there's your own you have your own things that look cool you know yeah it's not you don't have to take something of someone else's to look cool why, why, do you, why do you feel that it's important? Because someone who's listening to this might think that's a form of exclusion, right? And discrimination to say, hey, I won't do this hairstyle on you because you're not black, right? Uh, okay, mm -hmm. like what would you say for, for someone with, with a thought like that? Or why, why do you think it's important to, to have that set aside? 
Mm -hmm. I think it's important to understand the history behind, you know, um, race relations. Mm -hmm. um, and when, um, when people don't understand a very clear cut, but also complex issue like that, I think of it as the difference between appropriation and um, assimilation. So, for example, someone, you know, who, a, a person who does not have curly or textured hair, who wants to wear a box braid style, for me, I'm wondering why, you know, why would you want a style like this? Because, it looks nice because you know um you want to do something different with your hair but you don't want to you know damage it it's not his like it's just physically not made for straight hair types you'll incur a, a bunch of hair loss at the end of it it's a lot of tension at the root um and it doesn't last well um you know especially when you put extensions in and so the origin of the reason why people wear their hair like this is as a protective style however mm -hmm. it does not protect straight or brittle hair mm -hmm. um it only really incurs more damage and when it comes to the stylized version of it you know traditionally in the beauty industry not every person sees people this way but traditionally in the beauty industry and in media you will see black people wearing natural hairstyles like dreads, twists, um, braids, and oftentimes they'll be seen as ghetto. Whereas when white people wear them, it's seen as trendy and fun. There's, we can't have space for that dichotomy when it comes to, um, when it comes to black hairstyles, because you know that is a form of appropriation. You 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 use this um this ritual as a trend and you know um cast away the people that it was meant for mm. that it was you know invented and created for to use mm. it for your own purposes and then not you know give credit or understanding as to why the people have it and even you know sewering them at the same time like it's just not it's not something i stand for and in a world where people Black people will get suspended, expelled, you know, miss out on opportunities because um, of the way that they wear their hair. However, white people can do anything and everything they want with this and are seen as, you know, edgy and trendy. It just, it, it is beyond me why this is let to happen all over the world. Um, yeah, no, I... I think that there can be very, very few cases where, say, you know, you had um, like a person growing in literally like an African family or something, and that was the culture that was the, that they were raised with, and it was put upon them. Then maybe, but if someone <laughs> came to me and was like, "Oh, I really want to get like," if a white woman came to me and was like, "Oh, I want like braids." like cornrows with beads on the ends and I just really love the look I'm just I'm gonna reject them I'm gonna say no to the service because it's not for them and they probably have no idea the significance or um the meaning behind it or anything like that well, or the history you know let's talk a bit about that significance and history 
Like, why is it? Why does it matter? Like, what? What if someone just says, you know, it's just hair, grows on your head, just hair. Like, why? Why? Why does it matter? Um, it matters because one group could benefit from this, and one will actually be um, will will not benefit from it. Could even mm -hmm. be kind of vilified for it. You know, there's still places in the world where you can't, where black women can't wear their natural hair texture, um, mm -hmm. and then for white people to go and take that on and say, well, I like this with the way this looks and then go out in the world and people say, wow, I really like the way that looks on you. It just makes no sense, you know? Um, and I think that there's like a level of respect that we need to have for other people's um, culture, styles, looks, um, things like that. But I think it's okay to celebrate our differences. And I think that it's okay to understand that I like that what I have is not yours and what you have is not mine you know we don't have to share everything I can really appreciate from afar <laughs> and not take it upon myself you know yeah okay um, you, it then. matters because people because people can be hurt by it you know if when it comes to a place where it's damaging to a person that that matters you know but but how is it damaging I think that I think the, the the reason a lot of people don't see that they like they don't know how this is hurting it. They don't see how does me having cornrows and box braids hurt anyone? You know, like mm -hmm. I, I think that's the big. I think that's a big. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think a lot of it too. If you look at like the history, and I don't know a lot of the history yeah. myself. Even it's something I'm still looking into, but um like the history of different like hairstyles and stuff like that or if you take bantu knots for example i love mm -hmm. bantu knots um mm -hmm. uh if you just if you look far back enough bantu was actually a tribe of people you know it was a, a nation of people in africa mm -hmm. and that was their la name of their language mm -hmm. and now to see if i see like a lot of us have seen the picture of adele that came out recently mm -hmm. of her wearing bantu <laughs> knots and honestly it it pissed me off frankly and i love adele <laughs> but now i'm conflicted because historically this has significance to a culture to a people to a tribe um is a protective hairstyle has you know just deep roots yeah. in that culture and then for someone else to say it, but i like it so it's mine now well, well um, I, I guess that that also goes back into like colonial history and somewhat mm -hmm. genocidal times um, for, yeah. for in Africa, to see someone with mm -hmm. quote-unquote matching skin tone to your people, so yeah, um, where that and to take it, yeah, sorry, and to take it further, like bantu knots was something that I wore in my hair when I was a very young child, and I didn't like them because mm -hmm. when I went to school, people made fun of me for it, mm -hmm. and I would get told that I had antlers on my head or um, demon horns, or people would just make or that I was a porcupine like people made really mean jokes about it and I was just taught to not like this hairstyle when it mm -hmm. is a part of who I am a part of my own um ethnic background and now to see someone else wear that really yeah. just you know and it kind of brings of back emotion. those memories of it what it wasn't okay when I did it though it's mine but yeah. suddenly it's trendy when you do it right um mm -hmm. I kind of I, I feel like that's kind of where you're going Mm -hmm. And and I, I guess the next the next thing here is just the beauty industry in general, right? Okay. 
Yeah. Um, we, we were speaking about how the beauty industry wasn't tailored for people of color. Okay. Right. And, yeah. and what came up was that you're not taught how to do there in, you know, in, you know, in beauty school. How do you feel about, about that, that textured hair is not being taught in beauty school, uh, Shantae? Um, I think it's ridiculous. I think <laughs> considering even in the Western world, the amount of people of color and different textured hair styles that are in this part of the world that those people can't walk into any average hair salon and say hey can i get a haircut and actually leave with a result they like i think that it's ridiculous i think it's insane mm -hmm. um i when i was in hair school was constantly asking when are we going to learn more about curly hair when am i going to learn about textured hair like mm -hmm. what if a black person walks in tomorrow what if a black guy walks in tomorrow and asks me to give him a fade i won't know what to do you know and yeah. the the answer was oh you'll learn on the job oh you'll get there like we'll get around to it but there's the almost <laughs> yeah there's almost nothing in the actual curriculum about um how to style or do or any of the procedures for textured hair there's nothing that, um so you're if you're not even learning it and then when you if you go out into the world those people aren't going to come into the salon because they know they can't get their haircut there. So how am I supposed to learn it? You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Of course, it's interesting because, you know, it is, it is wild how far white supremacy really reaches out onto the horizon of life. You know, <laughs> it is mind boggling, like how someone who has straight, you know, or wavy hair can go into any salon mm -hmm. and most likely leave with having a good experience. However, a person with very curly, coily, or textured hair, like, you know, mm. will go into any salon and either get, you know, denied or accepted and not treated properly. Why is it offensive to someone who wants a black hairstyle that I say no to? You know, for every yeah. black person that went into any hair salon and was rejected or turned away or messed up, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, yeah. it's like, you know, that that just underlines boldly the privileges that, you know, non-black people have. I, it's, it's funny. I, I almost prefer that they just say no instead of like messing up your haircut. Absolutely. But, you know, you don't want to reject someone for something that you don't openly want to be um identified as not you know having that skill set you know but why but why would someone not want to be openly identified as not having a skill set they don't they weren't taught you know we just went over that right they weren't taught well you know majority of the time a high percentage of people will reject someone if they don't have the skill set to do their hair. However, there are some people who think that they know what they're doing, but they do not. I almost feel just from kind of a conversation we've been having that it's a form, like, like I said before, it's, it's almost a form of systematized um, discrimination. 100%. Right? Yeah, I would agree. Right, where it's, it's weird that 
such a, a service that everyone needs is specified for just one kind of mm -hmm. and it's in the curriculum the people yes it, it's almost for me it's almost silly that i'm sure the people who made the curriculum know these black people in the world right yeah oh yeah <laughs> right and it's weird because it's almost like at this point they just think that everything that because the whole curriculum everything is based off of like european beauty standards mm -hmm. but they think that it applies to every single person on the planet and it doesn't mm -hmm. um even in like the basics of um of like makeup education you're uh -huh. taught like how to put makeup on a person's face to achieve a certain look because you want to slim their nose because a, a smaller straight nose is what's considered more quote unquote beautiful you know mm -hmm. um you want to contour the face a certain way so that you get the appearance of higher cheekbones and slimmer and a slimmer face you know mm. and um higher eyebrows and all of those things revolve around and all of them revolve around what a basically the perfect white woman looks like <laughs> because that's it's and because that's the the inner message that no one will say aloud is we all just want to look like a beautiful white woman and we we don't anymore you know that's that's so old and yeah. so not true but yet that's still what's being taught and it's just so ingrained in there mm -hmm. that then it hasn't been changed yet shante do you see a change in that in that coming i whew, man i i don't know i would love to be hopeful mm -hmm. i would love to be hopeful and say that there is but the fact that i just graduated from hair school less than a year ago and struggled to talk to any of my educators about textured hair, um, black hair specifically, even even curly hair. The fact that that was such a fight for me really did not make me hopeful because they, my educators who had been doing hair for 20, 30 years still like had barely any input to give me. And that was- and an important question, yeah. did, did they care? I don't think a lot of them did, which was really frustrating. That's a great point. I don't think a lot of them cared. Well, I mean that that's that's kind that's kind of all I I, I had for for the, for this episode for you here. Do you have anything you wanted to add or 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 jump into before we we sign off? I think I just want to add like my outlook on the beauty industry, like yeah, you know, regardless yeah. of hair type, especially like mm -hmm. you know, uh, in this day and age. Um, you know, the beauty industry is trying to be more inclusive, but also, you know, the trends are something that's, you know, I feel like has been around for a long, long time. But, you know, as we focus more into individuality, I think hair and the way you present yourself in the industry should be more focused on how individuals want to look and feel when they get their hair done. Um, and, you know, cutting out gender stereotyping of like you know whether you know it's mm. normal for men to have long hair or short hair whether it's normal for women to have short hair or long hair is regardless um it's interesting you bring out gender stereotypes because we actually just had an episode on the show about um gender being as on the spectrum right where mm -hmm. where someone where man can can still be masculine and a, masculine and and be a man right yeah and sensitive with, with, as well yeah sensitive as well right but have have ponytails 
Mm-hmm. Right, like, like you know, like he's still a man, man, right? He's, mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, but yeah, so or a girl can still be seen as as feminine, and you know, yeah, and like as a girl, but but yeah. you know, have have a short haircut. Yeah, or even a shaved head. How about yeah. that? Yeah, like exactly. that's just so. Fine. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me about about hair. No problem. About you know the impact having on us and, and that's yeah. and that's it for this episode of Tobin Talks.